day 21 of my audio log. Because someone had to leave the audio equipment here, but not a fucking key. The various plush items are starting to run out. My food sources are dwindling rapidly. I don't know if I'll ever see the end of this, because I haven't heard from anyone in 21 days. I just... Oh, man. Hey, let's go, man. Hey, Josh is here already. I didn't think we were going to be doing this anymore. How did you get well, in here? I. When did he get here? I don't, I don't know. I fucking you bit! Maybe when I was pooping? What, what do you mean, dude? I've been here for 21 days! Wow, that's dedication. Have you been... What have you been doing? Did you not go to work? Did you eat my Christmas tree? It was either that or start recreating the uh, cell scenes in Old Boy. You know, that's a... Uh, How did he get in the box? That's an artificial tree. Yeah. But then he wasn't in the box anymore. I haven't pooped in a week and a half. That was a pre-lit tree. <laughs> oh, that's going to be some colorful <laughs> shit. I'm, let's bring it on. Okay. I thought Gurnalaga was so bad we decided to quit. What the hell are you doing here in my gunmen anyway? Didn't we build you a transport out of wreckage and scraps? Yeah, you did, but this is the best place to be when we're moving. That thing bounces around too much. It's murder on my butt. You sure it's not because your ass is too big? What'd you say? <laughs> yeah, now this is comfy. Jeez, Yoko, you're heavy. It's like your brains have dropped down out of your skull and settled into your ass, you idiot chick. Oh, you think so, do ya? Sounds to me like you're hungry. Wanna taste my meatball bullets? No, not those! <laughs> Welcome to Tuning Japanese, a podcast where three messengers from the celestial lands in their 30s talk about anime. His words are too much for our people. It's Bill. What? I'm sorry. I was thinking about other podcasts. Oh. Uh, oh. Like Shadowvane? The Rundown? Raw Attitude Podcast? I was thinking about Worst Idea of All Time. <laughs> They're not part of the network. I know. <laughs> All he has is a tiny pond and one broken gunman. It's Andrew! Is it Walden Pond? No, it's the pond that was uh, out back of my grandparents' house. Uh, well, back it's in not the as cool. And I'm one hopeless pervert of a man. Yeah, well, you know. That's accurate. Yeah, I'm yeah, Josh. No, that's, that's pretty straightforward. You wouldn't believe it, folks. Uh, no, trust me, you wouldn't. Hey, guys, it's uh, Tuning Japanese Season 3, Episode 5. And we are, wow. And season, when did we start this season? After the second one. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while, folks. And uh, today we are going to be reviewing I a- Don't Understand It At All, which I think is Bill's whole philosophy on why we're doing Season 3. And, uh, or just about any anime anymore. Now that's fair. You guys are both s- sipping scotch. No. Yes. Scotch? Scotch. Okay, fair. Well, after the trip from the hospital, I needed something to um, to take care of myself, and uh, Scotch burns good. And, I, and I'm watching anime, so you know You're, he's funny. He's trying to he's trying to, to to tell a joke here. We have not taken him to the hospital yet. We just <laughs> gave him the Scotch and hope that that would work everything. Oh out. man, has anyone talked to my fiance lately? <laughs> fiance? <laughs> well, I've got a story to tell you later. Never mind. Um. Oh shit! <laughs> I missed my daughter's birthday. I'm so screwed. Uh, so we are going to be talking about this episode of Gurun Lagan. Yes, let's. And it's been a while. So uh, again, apologies for the break, uh, getting scheduled. Yeah, and... really. What about that? Well, it's mostly I... your fault. Well, how's that my fault? Well, the, the month was it was was his fault. Your shirt. That was October. Yeah. We are now at the end of November recording this, about to step into December when this episode hopefully gets released. Well, you fucked up our rhythm. I was I was out of town and things going on. I was, you know, learning how to be a better English teacher and meeting Swooning over your new your new uh um literary crush. Oh, I love her. She's she's like <laughs> lesbian black Jesus. I love her so much. She's so great. Be a good religion. 
Yeah. I can get that. Wanda Sykes? Wrong lesbian African American Jesus. Okay, well, I'm that's the only one. This is this is Jacqueline Woodson and she's just amazing. I love her so much. <sighs> well, anyway, I feel like we need to get on track. So anyone got any nerd news? Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon came out. Yep, there we go. <laughs> and I haven't had a chance to play it much, but from what little I have played, it's basically just the other game. Uh, <laughs> but there yeah. are some added things. I think it's more. Isn't that what like Pokemon Yellow was all about? Yeah, and but you could, but you, but you could run around Pikachu. Platinum was about. No, you're right. And uh, um, you know, yes. Onyx and Pla- uh, Titanium or whatever the fuck. Uh, Those the, uh, ones are Pokemon games. Give them time. But no, uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, it definitely has that feel of when they used to do the third game that was just... You have lost all rights to give me shit about buying repaints. It's one of those things... Well, okay, to be fair, I didn't buy this one. Um, <laughs> what? Stole it? No! <laughs> Shoplift. Ray, Ray bought it for me. <laughs> uh, so I actually was thinking about not picking up this one, in all honesty. It's, it's okay so far. It's I haven't gotten very far into it. I've been too busy trying to do Nuzlocke challenges with, with old Pokemon games, so... I know this one. It's like a self-imposed hard mode. Yes. Oh, Hard, yes. Hardcore mode, really. Yes. I oh, okay. I, I got the idea when I when I found Griffin McElroy doing one, uh, and he produced it uh, on YouTube, and it was really entertaining. Look, I, I only... Essentially, the, the big rule that you need to know, there's two big rules you need to know if you want ever, ever want to try a Nuzlocke challenge, if you ever pick up a ROM or something like that and you want to try it. Rule one, whenever you go to a new area in the game, you have to catch the first Pokemon you run into. And that's it. So, like... Doesn't matter if the next Pokemon is a really good one. Doesn't really matter. Uh, the second rule is, if a Pokemon faints, they're dead. And you have to get rid of them. So it's very difficult. And if you lose all your Pokemon in a fight, you're, you have you're, to start over. Yeah, you start over, you're done. Mm. Yeah. I learned how to force evolve my Eevees recently on Pokemon Go. Change the names? Yep. Yep. I got my Espeon. Nice. I didn't even realize I had those. But, yeah. um... I'm behind yeah. on Pokemon Go. Yeah, uh, no, they they uh, recently got the uh, new go the new ghost ones, the Skull Ghost one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't think of the name of it, but yeah, I'm Skull about. Candy or no wait, that's a, no, nope, that is brand definitely brand of headphones. That is headphones. I know that one not right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. They also had the Hound Dooms. Oh, I love those. Yeah. I think someone was playing that by our friend's house that I was watching their cats because like there's a bunch of cars pulled up right outside the house. I know there's a pokey stop there and I'm like leaving. I'm like, they're all walking out with their phones and standing in a circle. And I'm like, Oh, uh, well, you see where park? I work. Yeah. Park? The park. Yeah. yeah. So where I work, uh, there is, um, a poke stop and a poke, poke gym are right next to each other. Because, uh, uh, uh-huh. Yeah. Because the Whitey's factory and the Whitey's, uh, ice cream and Moline. Nice. Are all both Pokemon things? Yeah. They're both poke stops. So, that's Pokemon Ultra Sun Ultra Moon. It's, uh, maybe you want to get further on. I think I know that they added some stuff like new places in the game and some other quest lines. And there's a whole like after game thing they added that should be kind of cool. Once I get there and I Does stop Mewtwo playing Mewtwo comebacks, I'm just you can get Mewtwo. Yes, I'm just okay. saying repaints look really nice standing next to each other on a shelf when mm-hmm. I'm done messing with it. I, I, right. Fair. I'm just he's saying. Got, he's got a point there. He really does. <laughs> Fuck Bill. Josh, give me some nerd news. <laughs> well, this is, kind of, this is kind of a, a sad a sad one. Um, in the uh, voice acting world, the voice actor Christopher Ayers um, has been uh, diagnosed with end-stage COPD, which is pretty nasty. There's a, a fundraiser uh, launched by Anime Twin Cities Incorporated. Uh, they're trying to get at least $25,000 to help with his medical expenses. Apparently, he's in need of a lung transplant in order just to stay alive. Chris Ayers is known for doing the voice of Frieza on uh, Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball Super Dubs as well. So, it's pretty scary knowing that so- someone who's known for such an iconic character um, is uh, going through such a, a hard time. For me, at least, I, I, I do wish him the best luck, and hopefully he can uh, recover. Do you have a the URL for the fundraising campaign? You could go to www.youcaring.com slash Christopher Ayers. And there's a big number, but if you but if you just uh, search for Christopher Ayers on youcaring.com, they've already raised $36,000, it looks like, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, and and the they're... last name is spelled A-Y-R-E-S? Yes. 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 So, uh, yeah, if you want to pitch in to help out in that, uh, that would be We awesome. can link that in the show notes, can't we? Yeah, we can definitely put that yeah, in the show that, notes. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Hopefully I remember to do that. So, uh, yeah, we'll definitely uh, try to do that. So go check that out and, and help out. Bill, you got some nerd news this week. Well, two Marvel shows dropped. Netflix's Punisher, mm-hmm. 
which I thought they were going to wait a little bit on, but they have released it. And The Runaways. Yeah, I saw... Is Runaways on Amazon? Uh, no, it's, it's Hulu. Hulu, Hulu. okay. Yeah. Yep. And I'm, I am actually excited to see how Runaways is. It's actually one of those comics I've desperately wanted to get my hands on. Yeah, I'm only is, kind of aware of it. I haven't... Mm-hmm. Yeah, is that part of the regular universe in yeah. any way? Yeah, yeah. Are they mutants? Are they are they just like they're a little bit of everything. They're a little bit of everything, but because this is MCU, there's not going to be a mutant. So I'm assuming probably uh, any inhuman. Yeah, they'll they'll say something. I'm sure. Although I thought I read something recently that they are possibly in talks with getting that all straightened out. I'm not sure there's oh. any, any mutants even in Runaways. I know. Yes. There's uh, a there's a mage. There's a one of them's a mage. One of them's future people. Super geniuses. So it's a lot of technology and magic. I don't know mm-hmm. that any of them are strictly... Uh, no, no, one of them is a mutant. Um, space aliens, variation of the Kree or something like that. I, it's very diverse, and uh, I've always liked that idea about them. And then, of course, uh, Ultron's kid later. Yeah. Hmm. they won't. Go, I'm sure they won't go into that. You, you don't think they'll have Victor Mancha? No. Well, they do, though. It won't be Ultron. But yeah. it'll be something somewhere. Yeah, it's ultimately about a group of kids of supervillains... Who they find out they find they're... out their parents are supervillains, mm-hmm. and swipe a bunch of their shit and take off, literally run away and start trying to fight back against their parents. Oh, and they have a Dionychus dinosaur. It looks like a Velociraptor. They have a raptor. Just say raptor. Huh, yeah. Interesting. Uh, so you have not seen that yet? No, I haven't started that. I've but only you, but you did watch Punisher a little bit. I watched the about the first half of the first episode, mm-hmm. um, which is which you need to preface because you're going to make it sound like people shouldn't watch it. It was not a, I dropped out of it, I was bored. I really enjoyed what I saw. We're not really in a, in a place to watch something super gory, violent, and dark right now. Mm-hmm. We've just been watching a lot of, binge watching Old South Park, yeah. running through that with my wife, and uh, watching holiday theme stuff. Yeah, definitely. I definitely. I have not watched Defenders, I have not watched uh, Iron Fist, which I'm probably just going to skip anyway. And yeah, find like find like a summary of Iron Fist online. There's probably some video that says like this is what you need to know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had you watch the Drunken Master fight. Yep. So I will probably I'll probably watch that after I watch Defenders. In all honesty, have you watched uh, Daredevil season two? Yes. I'm not sure how much uh, Defenders and Punisher are going to cross over. Okay. I think you might be okay to watch watch Punisher if you wanted to jump over to Punisher. Yeah. I think you might be okay because it seems like he's. Dealing with things out of uh, Daredevil Outside Season 2, of yeah, not yeah. dealing with Defender stuff. I saw a clip. He's running around with, uh, is he running around with What's-Her-Face? From Karen. There? Yeah, yep. Karen. Yeah, okay. I thought so. Yep. I thought so. Yeah, and the only adjacent thing to that is I did pick up the the Netflix Punisher Marvel uh, Man, Man-Thing Wave Marvel Legends figure. It looks oh. like the actor a lot. Yeah, cool. no, I saw it earlier. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah it is uh, pretty awesome. The jacket is removable. It's mm-hmm. Really, it's a vest. Yes. So, but... If you take that off, it just looks like classic Punisher in his black and white bodysuit. Uh, okay. Um, nice, nice. And the guns are really nice. Everything, yeah, they, it's, it's cool. It's really neat. It's, so, it's good molding. So, wait a minute. As you said, it's Man-Thing. So, the uh, individual figures, uh, they have the pieces to Man-Thing? Yeah. they Usually the waves, they call it by, by what, what you build out of the wave. Because, like, okay, this is a Man-Thing wave. They currently have a... There was a Sandman one recently. Yeah, the Sandman wave. I mean, they, they, there didn't was they have one, for, one back in the day. Yep. Didn't they have one for Onslaught? Uh, yep, there's an Onslaught the wave. The Doctor Strange set had Dormammu. Yeah, Dormammu was in that mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to make sure that's, that that's what, what I was following. The was. Spider-Man Homecoming set was cool because the Build-A-Figure wasn't a figure. It was the giant wing pack for Vulture. Oh, yeah. that's cool. Vulture was a figure, but everybody else came with parts of his wings. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that about does it for yeah. the Nerd News, which means it's so, about time we get into episode 5 of Gurren Lagann, which once again is titled, I Don't Understand It At All. Yo. 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 And it's my week, guys. Yeah. So so that's what's been going on. We just held off until you came back. Apparently. Yeah. So we open with our normal dramatic voiceover talking about Kamina and Simone's respective machines and something about their journey in search of the enemy's headquarters continues, however. This dot, is dot, the dot. journey's. Of Gurren Logan. This is... <laughs> yes. Uh, we cut away to the desert. I almost said the forest. That is definitely not what they are. No. Uh, they are out in the desert. We get, oh, God, there's that adorable little lizard, guys. You see the little lizard? It's cute. Oh, man. He's just going to yeah. point out everything that's not the I don't know if it's particularly <gasps> cute. I like lizards. I don't know if that one is particularly cute. What if that's what he ate? 
That's huh, well, we'll get into that was a little the bit lizard. later. Oh. No, no, skull structure's that, wrong. That didn't have a dude skull. Okay, yeah. fair. Yeah. <laughs> dude skull. Dude skull. Uh, so there's a lizard. We have uh, Gurren Lagan. Well, I think it's just it's Gurren, Gurren going, yep. actually. And he's pulling a, what looks like a washing machine of some sort. I don't know what's going on. I think it's just a big box they welded together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Crap. I, yeah that's probably the best way. Yeah, because they even explain it later. That it's a traveling thing made out for of scraps. For Yoko. Yeah, for Yoko. Which is kind of weird. Uh, what about Leron? What about Liron? Liron can snuggle in with Simone quite creepily in, in Lagan. Liron's probably in there too, honestly. Yeah. I mean, because we don't know where he's at. It's not like we see him sitting in one of the other cockpits. Well, we well, see him later with Lagan, though. Yeah, we do see him uh, in Lagan. Maybe Lagan's pulling. But but they're they're doing research. Anywho, apparently it's been way too peaceful lately, mm-hmm. which is weird because, as we know, the logic of the show, every morning they're attacked by gunmen and then they, they can't be attacked after that morning. But remember, too, they did say there are some days where the gunmen don't show up. That's true. And that's when the folks at Littner were able to, you know, get their resources. Also, they could have just been, since they're on the move, the gunmen aren't hitting yeah. an outpost or anything. Hey, hey, did you see that? I did an Excel so I am combat. very happy about that. I'm sure. Uh, Yoko is riding inside of Gurren with Kamina, and uh, Kamina says that uh, she has a big ass, essentially, and then gets a face full of said ass, so either... It wasn't really a face, it was like back of the head of the yeah. ass. I wonder, if, I wonder if he planned it that way, That's though. like the worst flirting ever, if you're like, oh yeah, man, I, you're, yeah. you're, you're heavy. Ah, I'm gonna stick my ass on the back of your head. No. Is it, isn't that 96? That's like six to the power of nine or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nine, yeah, to, the yeah, power, no, nine no. to the power of six. Nine to the power of six. Yeah, the way she's That's sitting on him, yeah. The quote was something along the lines of, It's like your brains have dropped out of your skull and settled in your ass, you idiot chick. That's a bad insult. A true gentleman. Because one, it's not like brains are that much extra heavy to make her butt that big or heavy. Yeah. Two, he then goes on to call her an idiot, which means there isn't much of a brain there anyway. Yeah. So, it's just badly structured. It's Kamina. Yeah, but it's not a good joke. We've met plenty of idiots that were fairly certain had the same right-sized brain. They just don't use it. I thought he was going to say we've met plenty of idiots with big asses. That is true, that too. That, too. A lot of those, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Leron is checking the soil with, with Simone, stating that apparently it's only recently been formed, like 400 years ago or something. That's something that we might want to uh, look back on uh, in later episodes, actually. Leron soiled something with Simone, what? No, 400 years. I assumed it well, I, I assumed all it was. I see what you did there. I seem all... I'm I, ignoring what you did there. I assumed all it was, had to do with was the fact that, like, they then broke through that ground and found this, like, civilization. Oh, they broke new ground! Yeah, which we're, we're not quite there yet, because no. <laughs> uh, we cue Kamina and Yoko fighting inside of Guren, and then... She shoots him yeah, with she, her meatball bullets. Yeah, that's a weird quote. Honestly, I think it's a Japanese word wordplay uh, joke that did not translate well. Yeah, they were just a little, like, rubbery balls of yeah. bread. I mean, they don't even look like meatballs. Like rubber bullets of some sort. Right. As I'm sure they were, but... Yeah, it was weird. She's shooting him from inside the mech, which I'm sure even with, like, rubber bullets is not pleasant. Oh, rubber no. bullets at point blank will kill you. Yeah. For uh, one. We, for two, they're less lethal. They're not safe. Well, that's a trigun callback, too. Yeah, right? it really is a trigun callback. Um, also, I don't know how she got a long gun like that turned around inside of the cockpit to shoot him. Maybe she's so good she got him with the ricochet? Maybe. Yeah, I, don't I mean, know. it's tough. It's tough. Anyway, this causes, uh, obviously, them to almost... Crash down on poor Simone and Liron, and then they and log on. Don't forget about log on and log on. Then they break through the ground and plummet. I love, I love though, as uh, Gurren falls down. Simone once again, like last episode, deadpan. They just fell down. It's just it is. Awesome. And, and Liron, of course, Liron is just like uh huh, <laughs> and then they fall. And we get a title card, and we are now underground in some sort of cavern, and there's a strange group of people all in white staring. At the battered upside down Garen. Andrew, are you are, are you sure you're not reading from your latest script of uh, Shadowvane? Uh, what? Chicken <laughs> <laughs> uh, butt. It sounds it sounds so descriptive as as it would be on script. Yoko is shooting at Kamina, um, and kind of you had to point well, out well, what, yeah, happens what happens. What happens is Garen is upside down, so of course they're in the cockpit upside down. Yoko wakes up first and notices that. Her halter top, bikini top thing is snagged on 
communist sunglasses. Yes. She freaks out, shoots him out of the cockpit. Taking the bra with. Taking the top, taking the top with. And she po- pokes her head out, grabbing her boobs, going, oh, that was a little overdone. Yeah. Uh, I never caught that the first time. I, I useless didn't... moment of cheesecake. I hate to say it. That's, that's useless. Yeah. Well, you know. I didn't catch that it happened, to be honest. Well, one of the reasons why you probably didn't catch it is because, uh, thing, stylistically, we get a really cool bit here because we are underground and the entire time the tones and the colors are very muted. Yeah, almost, almost to nothing but shades of gray. I like it. I like it a lot. I think when we compare, we, we go back several weeks when we reviewed episode four, whenever mm-hmm. that was. Um, you know, we, we think about our conversation there about how awful the animation was and how, they had those weird moments of like the really zoomed in surreal like balls. Uh, right. <laughs> like, so, uh, uh, here, photorealistic. Yes, here the animation is just it's it's some really cool stylistic it's, it's, choices. It's very, very, I mean, just that use of color color toning to really kind of convey very. I don't want to say oppressed, but very downtrodden. Yes. It, it almost makes me feel like watching something like uh, Oh Brother Where Art Thou. You guys ever yeah, seen yeah, that yeah. movie? Yeah, of course. How, in a very way that's kind of sepia tone, yeah, and, and kind of that feeling of the of the depression, right? And I think that is brilliant. The gathered masses mumble something about face gods and the celestial lands. <gasps> we got a bunch of crazy religious zealots here, don't we? Oh my god! Not crazy religious zealots, but we definitely have a community that's a theocracy. Yes, they've fallen into Salt Lake City. Ah, <sighs> we get some weird carving off in the distance that. Uh, they identify as a gunman. Yep, they see it. It's a gunman. And they're like, oh, no, no, it's our god. We worship. And then Johnny Young Bosch steps up out of nowhere <laughs> and is like, hey, don't touch our guardian deity. Did you actually write that? I did. I did. <laughs> Johnny Young Bosch is now playing, once again, another character. Not Vash this time. Nope. Uh, uh, it is this time. He I'm is... making you do it backwards. Yeah. Johnny Young Bosch is playing Rossio Adai. Yes. Or AKA Forehead Boy. Speaking of Forehead Boy, Kamina says, Yo, Forehead Boy! Don't you have anything else we can throw on the fire? I just love it. It's the first time he calls him Forehead Boy, so I wanted to note that quote there. Right. Pretty good. Well, yeah, we kind of get an idea of what's going on in this village at this point. They're, they've been treated to food, haven't they? That- yes, uh, I think that's coming up. But uh, Ka- Kamina's oh. is basically being a dick because he's yeah. like, Hey, this isn't a fire. Give me something else. Exactly. Yeah. And Forehead Boy introduces himself as Rossio, as we've already mentioned, who, he, uh, who John, Johnny Young Bosch is playing this time around. There's a bunch of other kids, and they start asking questions about Celestials, and Rossio <laughs> tries to tell Kamina that they're I think, orphans. I think this is Celestians. Oh, sorry, Celestians. You're absolutely right. Rossio tries to tell Kamina that, like, hey, they're orphans, but Kamina gives no fucks about their backstory. Those, and just kind of sends them away. The, those are, uh, that's Gimme, voiced by uh, Brianne Sadal. Brienne of Tarth. <laughs> and cool then Dari, who is voiced by Mila Lee. It's interesting. Aren't they adorable? Yeah, they're not really. <laughs> um, it's just funny because you get this moment of like, you can tell Rossio's like, yes, I want to set up the exposition. And Kamina breaks that completely. He's like, yeah, no, don't care. Because he's a douche. And it's great. <laughs> exposition dump denied. Yeah. Actually, there isn't a whole lot of front-loading the exposition. No, we get a little bit at the near the end um, mm-hmm. that we'll talk about when we get. And there. I think that's that's actually a really good uh, idea. Yeah, <laughs> I love also too that uh, Rossi goes to Gimme and Dari and like Gimme Dari, go away. And they're like, okay, stop, and then, bo- stop and, bothering our guests and go away. And then All they right. don't. They just still stand yeah, there. Yeah, they just there stare. stare. you, sorry. Then states Zach the Rufio. whatever <laughs> John Ralphio then states. Um, <laughs> I think what is the most blatant thing that we've said over and over again he points out that yoko is just walking eye candy and makes her wear a white a white wizard robe from final fantasy i would say it's it's almost like a hijab it, yeah it's i mean, it's, it's clearly I mean essentially it it's what it is but i think yeah. they it reminds me of the of the white wizards from, from it, final it really fantasy. did kind of look like that I mean, yeah. It, but it he's is. just like, you are making everybody uncomfortable with your bikini top. Yeah. And you're jiggling boobs. But she does wear it. And then Kamina yeah. is a dick and is all like, talks about her figure. And then she gets embarrassed by it, but yet she walks around in it all the time. I think there's a difference between her walking around in it and, and him putting, putting his face six inches away and pulling her open to like stare at her. It just seems, I mean, I get that. Yeah. I get it. But at the same time, it's a little weird because the like, fact she's always tr- trucking around in that clothing. So like... It'd be one thing if it was like he rips her clothes off and it's like she like a bra and panties kind of thing. She's like ah, 
and like kicks some like oh, a stupid God, anime no. shit. But again, I think I think there is a difference between she walks around like that and if he looks, he looks. But she doesn't walk around like that, so he makes a point of pulling the shit aside. Okay, yeah. Stare at her tits. No, because, I, yeah, I, I, I. Oh, I don't like those being covered up. Let's. I'm sorry. You, you went on that whole thing of her ripping off her clothes. I'm imagining him riding a tank and doing that. Yes. Oh, I wish that was on a streaming service. I want to do that anime so bad. Those are <sighs> so, so. Oh yeah, yeah right. So good. Okay. We get Jessica Calvello back on. It'll be great. Ah, <laughs> uh, is angry at their at the rude and brash behavior of these Celestians. We found out that another dude apparently uh, has given birth to triplets, and that freaks people that, out. That guy did not give birth to triplets. His wife did. Oh, well, yes. Uh, well, you never know. You never know. No, he said it. Progressive. No, yeah, he said Oakham's wife okay. has given birth. Oh, that's great. The to ma- triplets. Yeah. That, <sighs> yeah, that's that's the main point here, that they freak out because it's triplets. And we're going to find out why in just a little bit. Apparently, some dude named Father Magin or Magin? Magin. Uh, said that they have to choose two people now to get rid of, and they apparently do it by drawing straws. Mm-hmm. Seems legit. Yes, and Father Magin is voiced by Michael McConaughey. Did we remember this from earlier? Wasn't he? I think Michael else? Com- uh, McConaughey was uh, did a voice on uh, uh, Trigun. Mm-hmm. I know we made a Matthew McConaughey joke. Oh, I know. <laughs> all right, all, all right, right, all right. right. Uh, <laughs> that one. <laughs> uh, Left alone, the group start to kind of diss on the meager meal that they were given, and then Rossiu shows up and is like, "Oh, you don't like our food?" Okay, and yeah, we gave you the finest things we have. Talk <laughs> about the food. What the fuck were they eating? Because you see Simone holding up the uh, spine and rib cage with something with a human-looking skull on it. He goes, "Yeah, this isn't much, but hey, it's like, what the fuck did they just eat?" Like. We have seen some really weird-ass fucking animals in some of the past episodes, so I'm not that weirded out by this. Also, they live underground, and they don't have a lot of resources, so, you know. Resources! You, you gotta eat whatever protein you wind up with. Oh. 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 Wow. Sad. Communist says that gunmen aren't gods. Because, <laughs> you know, that's that seems to be Rossio's whole thing, is that, like... Yeah, the gunmen are gods, and you came from above, and you had gunmen, so you are you are you gods. They don't, they don't the know what gunmen of, are. He's just like they're. You were traveling in the company of the gods. Yes, and then we get some more backstory about how this high priest made things better because things were not good. Sounds like some dystopian cult bullshit to me, but you know, pretty much this wouldn't be out of place in Fallout. Yeah, no. I was about to make a vault comment. It feels like one of the vaults. It does. It's very vaulty. This is like. This is rad. Uh, this is as close we're ever gonna get to rad dudes. So the underground, so the underground cities Except were actually all the rad dudes. We did <laughs> fair. So actually, the underground cities were created by Vault Tech. That explains a lot. That is actually kind of cool. Priest shows up. This this priest guy that he was talking about, essentially st- uh, saying to stop making Rasu uh, question. Don't their question order. his piety. Yeah, like hey, quit fucking with our religion. At Quit bringing point, logic into this. At which point, Kamina literally butts heads yeah, with him. Yeah, he gets all bro and gets all in his face. Literally butts heads. Butts heads with this, him. This, this anime is not subtle. No. <laughs> I think that obviously was intentional. And I love how yeah, Maji no-sells it. No, yeah, it's oh, yeah. not subtle. It's he no-sells it. And then we get the break card. Welcome to The Break Card. My name is Andy, and hey guys, I have a working computer again. So I want to apologize for the last two weeks uh, with our lack of content. First of all, we couldn't find time to get together. I was out of town for a weekend. We had just just struggling trying to find the time to get together to do this. And then I decided to put together a blooper episode, but then my computer decided to die. So unfortunately, I was unable to get that put together. But the computer's back up and running. We were able to get together. We have this review of Gurren Lagann for you, and I hope you're enjoying it because this is a damn good episode. I want to spend the break card this time talking about something a little bit different. If you haven't been paying attention to the news as of late, the FCC has been talking about the possibility of changing the rules with regards to net neutrality. If you're unfamiliar with net neutrality, essentially the very, very quick version is that there are rules in place right now that kind of keep ISPs from basically blocking access or charging access to different parts of the internet. So if you like the idea of just paying one price for all of your different internet needs, then you probably want to oppose the getting rid of or the changes to net neutrality. And as a podcaster and a person who runs a network online trying to promote other podcasts, I find it extremely important to make sure that the internet stays an open and free place for all creators. 
I can tell you we don't have the money to pay different ISPs to be able to have our content prioritized like other people and other corporations might. So if you want to speak out against the FCC's vote coming up on December 14th, I plead for you to go to the FCC website to to contact your legislators and tell them that you want the internet to be a free and open place. I won't keep you any longer in the break card. We'll get to an advertisement and right back to our episode. Sup, bitches. We're Pwn Stars, a video game podcast about developers, one host's obsession with Genji's butt, and other random shit. Also, we give you gaming news that you probably already knew the fuck about. Who likes Genji's butt? Who knows? Just ask us. So join us every week for your dose of random gaming. So random, half the time, we don't even know what the fuck we're going to talk about. Josh, got anything to add? I don't do good with the short stuff, only the long stuff. That's what she said. Giggity. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and always on the Questionable Another Network. So we're back! Woo! And uh, it's time to apparently pull on some nose hairs, to, to, to do some plucking. Re- really? Plucking of nose hairs? Is now, that was that a nose going? hair or was it a booger? Could be a booger. Like, I, thought I, don't a, know. I thought it was a booger joke. It was shimmery. Because he picked his it, nose. It, it, it was, was it was, it was a thought... quest item in a uh, in a uh, current uh, generation video game. Oh look, that's the thing I'm trying to get Maybe. at because it's flashing. Maybe I don't know. It's but got the twinkle. Rossio goes over and pulls. Starts to. He grabs it. He grabs the phallic object in the nose. He pulls the nose hair slash booger. The slash phallic object. Uh, yes, yeah, slash. Yes, phallic he pulls object. a dick out of his nose. Yes, he pulls a dick out of his. <laughs> Yes, that's the title. And then old, out of the nose. and then Olmec's face opens up, and then <laughs> which is really a weird design because the whole face—it's almost like you took a human head and skinned it. Yeah, and there's like a weird <laughs> teeth like, thing inside of a Furby mm-hmm. metal skull. Yeah, it's fucking weird. And you hop in the mouth there. It yeah. closes, and then the face, like, sticks itself it back on. It was really weird. Well, Communist shows up and tells him, Yeah! Get in there! Why don't you pilot it? Use your fighting spirit! You know, take it for a spin, essentially. And, uh... And here we get back with that fighting spirit thing. You gotta pilot with fighting spirit. Yeah! You're kind of reasserting, you know, that, like... His his macho bro-dude belief system. Well, yeah. no, I don't think that's a belief system. I think that's literal, because... When they're hungry and don't have fighting spirit, or they're sad and they don't have fighting spirit, the mechs don't work. But they... I think that's literal. They explain what it is that actually powers the gunmen later. So, instead of getting in there, the high priest shows up and is like, um, don't you dare get in that thing. And, and the then Kamina Com- engages in what I'm going to start calling headbutt diplomacy. Yeah, no, that's, that's pretty accurate. Uh, Kamina calls the priest out, kind of saying... That he looks like, and he, like at one point he says like he looks like their old elder. That they're and, all, yeah. And Simon's like fat samurai. They yeah, look like yeah. fat samurai. And Simon's like no. And we actually see really. a picture of fat samurai there. Yeah, it was great. Because no, no, like, missed... he reminds him of fat samurai. I missed fat samurai, so I'm happy that right. he made a quick little return here. Because Camaro sees their soul. Yes, Camaro is. Um, Camaro, Camaro is deep. I, I don't bet. know why, but I get an image of Jeff Foxworthy saying that Camaro sees into your soul. <laughs> You might be a redneck if. You're a, that's a terrible Jeff Foxworthy. That is bad. I know. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, essentially the village elder says, get the fuck out. Kamina actually takes a swing at him. Yeah, He actually he, takes a swing well, at him. And, as he turns. And Boggy turns deftly and just, just nope. <laughs> and he misses him. And that's one of my favorite visuals ever. Yeah, no, it is a pretty good visual. It's like, it's like communist bro dudeness is, is not getting anywhere with extremely pious religious guy. We cut away to the ceremony, and it's, you know, we get something I didn't catch the first time, Mm -hmm. where the kid, or the guy whose wife had the three kids, he walks up and is all like, well, maybe my kids won't live this long, and, you know, we can, we don't have to worry about letting anyone go. And I'm like, God, that's dark. We got some more jerky. Oh. (laughs) You have to admit, I mean, they're definitely not pulling any punches with uh, the tone and the the feeling of of this, of of Adai Village. Yeah. And he's got, like, the kids, like, bundled up around him, like in that episode of Sailor Moon we reviewed, the the film one, with the with the anime director, who's... Right. Yeah, which is on our bonus episode, which you can get on uh, patreon.com slash tuning Japanese. Again, that way. must be a Japanese thing to just, like... Just carry your kids with I've you. I've got a bunch of kids, just tie them to me in various places. <laughs> just, I, I don't... Just wrap them up. I got up. nothing else. I can't do anything else. They're, they're, they're bound to me. Yes. Uh, so, wow, that's rather... Li- oh, that just makes my my job as a parent 
they're bound to us for a very long time. That's why I don't have kids. Uh, so. That's rather bleak. That's not why you don't have kids. Okay, that's 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 true. Yeah. Uh, so if you think that's why you're not having kids, you are bad at science. Yeah. So we get uh, we get a moment like ba- essentially from Shirley Jackson's The Lottery where they all draw uh, to see who yeah. has they the draw straw. Lots. And sadly, these two the two little orphans from earlier, Give me a they happen to be the ones that draw the straws, and they're, they're so winners. excited. Yeah, well, yeah, because well, they've been. It's just like the lottery; I, they have no is, idea what's going to happen. This is like a commentary on well, like that too. So it's commentary on religion, where they're going to the celestial lands. Yes. They're going to go live with the gods. Yeah. They're going to be so, happy. So, yeah, they're going to heaven. Essentially, we cut away later, and then the group is asked to take these kids away, up right. up to the land. And they refuse. Saying, <laughs> like, fuck no. We're yeah. not going to watch these yeah. kids. Comedy is like, like, I'm not going to no. watch these kids. Yeah, and, and like, <laughs> and uh, Mogging's like, okay. And Comedy is like, yeah, that's not that really well. And Simone's like, I don't think you're getting what's going on here. Yeah. He sees what's going on, and he's... Well, he says, like, we'll just do our ceremony like normal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, but, like, it's obvious that that Simone is well aware of what's going on in this village. He's not an idiot. No, no. Simo- like well, but Simone doesn't want to upset the order. That is that is the thing, but that's just... That's speaking to how Simone is right now as a character. He's yeah. still... He's, he's still... He's very uns- passive. Yeah, he's still very passive. I mean, he, he when, when he has to, he has to fight, but this is... But he's seeing it as not his fight. Absolutely. Right. When he uh, has to, he fights. Right. Communists starts rallying everyone up, but uh, Rasu uh, can't really believe that these people are Celestians, and he takes up a like a stick. I it looks more of a like a like a pipe, like a lead pipe. Oh, okay. I couldn't tell what it was. Like a piece of plumbing. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But he's but gonna, it's got kind of got that hollow top. Well, he's going to beat the shit out of Communist with it. Yeah, I I think it's, maybe it's a torch. Without anything, I could oh, be. Fair yeah, enough, fair yeah. Enough. I find it really interesting because you kind of see Rasu. Facing both Magin and Kamina. Now Kamina is doing his, come on, bro, come at me, bro. What do you got, bro? And Magin, on the other hand, is don't do this. Mm-hmm. I think it's really an interesting that you know, thinking about it more, it's a really interesting image that he wants to fight something. He he yeah. wants to fight an ideology, but which one is he? Does he want to fight? Yeah, no, you're like, absolutely right. It, it's almost like there's actually a conflict going on with Rossiu, but we don't see it. It's so so much more subtle, and god damn, this is actually a really good episode. Can't get any worse than last episode, that's for sure. We get this whole scene going on until... Explosion! Fight for fight, fight's sake. It's like, yep. what do we do now? Huh? It, yep. man, a man walks in with a gun, <laughs> yep. essentially. Yep, yep, that's exactly it's, what it's happened. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's like the last third of any Power Rangers episode. There has to be a, a giant fight. Yep. They wrote themselves into the wall. They don't know what's happening. Bucket. Yep. Drop them down the well. And what drops down is a gunman. Get, and all, it's, Ray- and get it, all Raymond Chandler on him. Yeah. And, and this gunman, for, with no question or no explanation, is just like, Ha ah, I found you, Gurren Lagann. He basically drops down and goes, Hey, fuck you, buddy. <laughs> yeah. That is, exact, that is exactly what happens. Yeah, really. You are 100% right. Uh, damn. And we... We get the fight. Get the fight. Yoko ditches the robes, gets all blasty hands, and then... <laughs> and then people are the like, you're being... And she's shooting at the gunman. They're like, you're shooting a god! And she's you're like... You're offending us! And I, I, I love Yoko's line there. She's like, this is getting really old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. she's just like, I'm over this shit. And we get the fight sequence, the combining of Gurren and Lagan. The two, uh, they lock up, while Rasu starts heading off toward the other gunman, which now rises up somehow. Right. Which is pretty cool. And then runs up and belly flops the fight. Yeah, it just falls on them. It's just like this weird brick-looking yeah, thing. That was not a uh, not an elegant maneuver. It was mm-hmm. literally just kind of a slow jog. And he wasn't even running. Ask John Tenta about yeah. how how inelegant just yeah. dropping it, on. It wasn't is. a it wasn't a spear. It wasn't like a, a full on dashing. It was just sort of like steady jog. And just thump right into the other two. It's going to make sense in just a little bit, though. It's going to make sense. Actually, why. no. I'm really just imagining. Uh, it's still silly. Just overlaying uh, like the earthquake running, running <laughs> into doing that. Yeah. Well, this this fucking gunman looks like a, a reject GoBot. He really like, kind of it's shock really, master. Oh right man, right. GoBot. Yeah, it's like it's like a reject version of a GoBot. Nice. Even. It's the really shock terrible. master. <laughs> he shock masters him. Yes. Yeah, so sort of jogs in and falls over. Yeah, pretty, oh, pretty much. And everyone still looks shocked when it happens. Well. Uh, the enemy gunman gets pushed toward a waterway and then uh, down the waterway. So, never to be seen again. Into, into an emptying chasm, which I, I want to point out the fact that their tiny little lake is draining. But there's probably water coming from the... Yeah, there's probably a feed. It's probably not a lake. It's probably so feeding from a, somewhere. 
Yeah. I, know, I mean, man. it's a desert it up there, of, but... It seems kind of scary that... It was always something that always has hung with me about this episode. Is it moves out of the way. It obviously was the plug, and now their water their water supply is draining. Oh, well, you might you might be well, right. Yeah. You might be right there. It yes. might just be that that was like a like an artificially created reservoir. Mm. Like the creek ran through and down that hole. They mm. plugged it, dammed it to create a reservoir. Mm-hmm. So they might be able to rebuild that. Yeah, possibly. Because again, there's got to be something that well, feeds yeah. it, or they'd be out of water and it'd be all stagnant and nasty. Right, would be unusable. So yeah, it's it's gotta be fed from somewhere. It's probably just they turned it from a creek to a, a lake. Fair enough. When the fight ends, it's revealed that the high priest is the one who's actually inside that that new gunman. Right, and and Kamina is pissed. He's like, "All right, you know, if you had all that fighting spirit before, why are you doing this bullshit?" And he's just like, "I have no idea." Magin's like, "I have no idea what I was doing. I was just mimicking what you did." Right, and Rasu wants an explanation, um, but Gurren Lagan pushes the old mech into the wall. And then uh, the high priest says that, uh, yeah, like you said, he was only mimicking Kamina. Kamina gets worked up, and Simone tries to get him does. to calm down. Right. And Magin's at, at this point is like, okay, out of it. You you have to leave now. You have you have messed things up in our village. Right. Kamina's getting worked up, and Simone's like, no, he's not wrong. We just kind of fucked up their... And I think, once again, I'm going back to the draining lake. Because the fight happened. If Magin hadn't interceded... The lake didn't drain. Now, maybe they'd be able to build it up, but how long yeah, is it going to But they take? still got to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It still takes They've time, kind of fucked shit up time effort, and resources right. to do right. it. We cut away to Rasu talking to the high priest, who we find out is his father, like, mm-hmm. officially in the scene. Rasu says that uh, he should Which tell... I never actually caught. Yeah. Like... It, it's, it's subtle. It's mm-hmm. subtle. You might miss it. He says that they should tell everyone the truth, and we find out... We now fi- finally get our information dump. We find out that this place has to stay at 50 people. Because they can't sustain it beyond that. Mm-hmm. You know, he's done the calculations. You know, so much food they can get in water. And they can make it livable for 50 people, which is why they have to keep sending people out. And he uses his religion to enforce that, mm-hmm. right? Using Which is, again, maybe some yeah. social criticism on religion. Yeah. How it, you know, is a way to kind of keep people in line. He essentially, yes, even out and out says, he goes, I used my faith as a, as a, as a tool for this, met, for this end. Yes. And, and he's like, oh, that's... Not only is that depressing, that's horribly cynical for him. Well, here's something else that's bad. He rigged the drawing of the straws to get rid of the orphans because he knew that there wouldn't be a lot of uprising of people pissed off because they're orphans. What? I, Nobody you know wanted what? them to begin you with. You know what? I'm going to argue that one with you. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know he rigged it to send those two away. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was a, we're going to send those two away to prevent uprisings. I think it was really had an altruistic tone because it was more of a it's going to hurt much much less for these two orphans to be gone who don't have actually any who don't have any direct family right you know it this could be ice i read it i took it as as, as that was his i took it as altruistic that well it may hurt the community that these two kids are gone but it's gonna hurt that hurts everybody a little bit instead of one family who actually loses a mother what about my mother and he, he even and you even notice that that that's like the turning point for Rossi is he realized everything that had been done was was bullshit. He thought it was divine providence mm-hmm. that his mother had been sent up there and Magin's or at wife. very least dumb luck. Right. Yeah, Magin I think realizes I think it's a tragic aspect of his character the fact that he knows that he has to do what's right for the people and it, it, and it, that's what I was getting at. That's he, why he makes a sacrifice. Right. There. He did something. He did something right for the people. I'd rather you all hurt just a tiny bit than yeah. than X family loses mm. a child or ne- their mother. Needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Well, not Fair. even that. It's just they're spreading the suffering around. Everybody gets a little bit of suffering and says that one family is just destroyed by it. Right. We cut back to the group. Rasu wants to go with the children and uh, and says he hopes that the surface is going to be livable so that way they don't have to live underground anymore, mm-hmm. which is a lofty goal, but hopefully we, yeah. we'll get to that he, by he, the end of the anime. He maybe. has some aspirations. Uh, you'll find... Rasu has a really interesting arc throughout this series. I like him a lot. I like his character. We'll get there when we get to the end of the of it, though. The high priest uh, gives him the book. Yeah, offers him the scriptures, uh, but he says that he no longer believes, and apparently they both can't read. Ha 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 ha. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they just painted some fancy stuff on the outside of a phone book. Yeah. Right. Essentially, yeah. I. I it's interesting. It, it is interesting, but I think it's. Uh, I think it shows that you know, even though Magin doesn't read it shows that he had he had strong belief in it and even though rossiu doesn't doesn't believe anymore i think mogging is kind of giving him hey, hey don't forget where you came from 
Right. This is this is this was who you are, who you were. And Rossiu does take the book anyway and heads out to the surface with the rest of the group, and that's it. That's the end of the episode. Yeah, Rossiu, Gimme, and Dari join Team Digeret. Yes. And that was our review of episode five of Gurren Lagon. I don't understand it at all. And uh, before we close up, let's talk about what uh, what our thoughts are in this episode. And since I reviewed the episode, I'm going to go first this time. I really like this one, and I'm glad, because I have run into not many episodes of this anime that I've really enjoyed so far, and I really, really like this one. I like Ooh. the, you know, kind of literary allusion to, you know, like something like the lottery. I really like the character of Rasu. Um, I like the, I, the social commentary on religion. Uh, I just, I really, really like this episode quite a bit. I, you know, I'm glad that we now have Rasu joining with the rest of them because now we have a character. I, I like Kamina quite a bit, but um, I, I feel like Rasu might become my favorite character now, depending how much screen time he gets going forward. It gets um, a lot. So, so I really, really enjoy him, and I want to see him grow as a character because you know it's, it's, it's this person who really believed in this religion and now he was faced with understanding that religion is not what it is. It's the character I played in D and D. Uh, so, <laughs> so I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to, to seeing where that character goes. So yeah, very much enjoyed it. Yeah. I think this is a really fantastic episode. I mean, it's a really well-written episode. The, the art choices, um, throughout like the, the, the muted colors that we spoke about earlier, literally showing Kamina butting heads with Magin whenever he runs up against something about what Magin's doing. You know, when they always said, oh, they're butting heads with each other, we actually literally see that. And I think that's at once funny and really, really clever of a, <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yes, you're bludgeoning us with it, but at, at the same time, it's kind of fun to actually see that happen. There's a lot of depth in this uh, in this episode, just with... Everything that's going on in the village, and there are actually repercussions of the situation at Adai that's going to happen later in the series. Okay. And it's going to be something pretty pretty interesting. Okay. Bill, what are your thoughts on the episode? I don't know if I'd go as far as you did to say I really, really like this episode, but I do think it's probably the strongest episode we've seen so far. There's actual other characters, there's actual motivation, there's actual morality and complexity. I think the random-ass fight probably could have been organic a little bit more. No, you're right. right. It was thrown in there, just be thrown yeah. in there. Because or it's you, a big mecha fighting show, we have to have big mecha or fighting Or even just other. got a reason for the other big mecha to become involved for some other reason. Yeah, maybe like had a, a scene at the beginning where they, you know, had just escaped it or something. Or know? even if somebody just had enough and they decided to use it as a, to attack, to use their mech to attack mm-hmm. Gurren or something. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I think something like that could have been a lot. Tighter. Handle a little bit better, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it could have been tighter. Fair enough. But yeah, it's definitely the best one, artistically, plot-wise, character-driven, mm. um, so far. Yeah, I'd agree. And uh, that means that next week we're going to be reviewing episode 6 of Gurren Lagan. Sit in the hot tub till you're sick. What the fuck? Are we getting a beach episode already? No. no it's a, and what does they call that? An onshin? The bathhouse? Oh, it's, it's, it's cheesecakey. It's a bathhouse episode. Yeah, but no. hey, we get to see the black siblings again. <sighs> I don't take it as cheesecakey. This um, particular episode, or this, just or the trope in general, because like when this I think, particular episode. Okay, so when I think of the trope. I think of things like ten, the, the episode of Tenchi Muyo no, no. in the original. Where I it was have like I have come to Ryo, terms. No, what's her name? Um, Ryoko. Ryoko, like just completely, like completely nude the entire time. I have come to terms that this thing is a parody. At least satire. It, it, it's satire, and I, I, yeah. I can, I can, I can accept that. And so, of course, just like Excel was going to have to do it, you know, these hit these tropes. Yeah, Excel didn't have a bathhouse episode, did they? They, they yes, the all girl episode. They had a, well, they had a beach or like a pool episode. Yeah, the pool episode, which was kind of. And they had an all girl episode. They didn't actually. That have was it. the same episode. That was the yeah, same. So I thought, wasn't it? Yeah. So yeah. They, they going like, too far had it, but that was because of going too far was meant to go too far. But my point is, most animes have this. Yeah. Even Sailor Moon has it. Sailor Moon does. Uh, There's another. Those who hunt elves, I think, had one. So, my understanding, of this is at least satire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course, they're doing it. Mm-hmm. And having seen it, I can tell you, it's not. It's not that cheesecakey. Okay. It's cheesecakey enough to see the joke that they're pulling. Okay. Interesting. Good, because I yeah. I looked at the the little preview thing for next week, and I'm like, oh god, here we go. There are some some funny visuals, like you even see it in the preview where I think it's Kamina 
uh, is sitting there and he's being covered by literally Buta. Oh, God. Yeah, That's I don't know. I, yeah. Is that how you put it inside a Buta? Oh, God. He's kind of got like a banana well, hammock. Then, with the, with the well, then thing, there's also the joke on. that um, Simone is covering him himself up with his, not his core drill, but his drill drill, his hand drill, his that giant hand uh, drill. Okay, that's funny. Yeah, there there are some good there are some good cheeky jokes uh, in this one too. I enjoy that. Uh, but that's for next week. This week we are wrapping it up. Uh, any final comments on anything before we we head on out of here? I'm I'm still holding out that Bill. I think it, there there's a level of appreciation that Bill's starting to find in this series. I'm hopeful that you're going to find uh, that you're going to turn a corner. On I this hope one. so. I'm not there yet. Appreciation may not. There but, are aspects of the show that, that might be too strong of a word. Um, I'm starting to at least understand what it is I'm watching. Hey, understanding is not a bad thing, though. No, it's not a bad thing to understand it, obviously, but it's. Mm-hmm. I'm not just sort of grappling with what is it I'm supposed to even feel or think or do. Mm-hmm. We'll see how that evolves as we go for uh, go further forward. Josh, it's your time to take us out. Well, once again, this has been Tuning Japanese, a podcast where three messengers from the celestial lands in their 30s talk about anime. And I'm one hopeless pervert of a man. Yeah, I'm Josh. All I have is a tiny pond and a broken gunman. My name's Andy. And my words are too much for your people. I'm Bill. <laughs> what do you mean, my people? Anime fans. He's got. A, he's got a point there. We'll see you next time. Bye bye. Hey Andy. Yeah. Guess what? What? Turkey butt. Thanks for listening to Tuning Japanese. For more information, visit our website tuningjapanese.com, like our Facebook at facebook.com/tuningjapanese, and follow our Twitter at tuningjapanese. You can also get a hold of the show by sending us an email at tuningjapanese at gmail.com. Please help support the show by going to iTunes and leaving a five-star rating and review. You can also go to patreon.com slash tuningjapanese to get all kinds of bonus content and help support the show monetarily. Tuning Japanese is part of the Questionable Endeavor Network. For more information on other podcasts and articles, check out questnnetwork.com. While you're there, listen to other great shows like the Shadowvane Podcast, the Rundown Wrestling Podcast, Raw Attitude Podcast, Cone Stars, Slasher Sanitarium, New Blood Rising, Words of Geekdom, and our two newest shows, the Reanimator Podcast and the Taco Tuesday Podcast.